This is New Bedford's news talk station. The place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. Welcome back into the program, and 508-996-0500 is the number to call in. You can also send us app chat messages on the WBSM app and your open line voicemails. Later on in this hour, we're going to be joined by Dr. Christopher Skeen of South Coast Health. He is an orthopedic surgeon. We're going to talk a little bit about orthopedics. We'll talk about hip pain, hip replacement, and we'll talk about robotic surgery. So as we're talking about some of these technological advancements, you know, talking about the the uh, Logitech controller used to control this sub and, and the Navy using Xbox controllers, uh, the robotic surgery at South Coast Health, much, much more sophisticated. So we'll find out more about that as well. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about this Celtics trade if you want to. So again, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski was reporting that Marcus Smart is being traded. The original deal, it's a three-team deal. With the Celtics, the Washington Wizards, and the Memphis Grizzlies. The original deal involved the L.A. Clippers. With the L.A. Clippers acquiring Malcolm Brogdon, who was the sixth man of the year last year. But Malcolm Brogdon suffered an injury uh, in the playoffs, and so there's concerns about his health going forward. So the, the Clippers pulled out of that deal. So according to Woj, now Marcus Smart, is the one who's going to be traded. And on its surface, you say, well, Marcus Smart, he's like one of the core pieces of the Celtics. You don't want to see the Celtics trade away Marcus Smart, but think about this, okay? First of all, you're getting Chris Porzingis, who is a guy who is going to give you a lot of offense all over the court, really. I mean, he's going to, he, he's going to be a guy that's going to help change the offensive style of the Celtics. And certainly take some of the defensive pressure, you know, take some of the defense away from Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum, this kind of gives you, I would say, a, a legitimate big three. He's coming off, I believe, his best season of his career. He'll be 28 when the season starts. Seven foot three. So, I mean, I think you've got somebody here who is going to be a, a real difference maker offensively and you're giving up a guy who in Marcus Smart when when you think about it there were a lot of times that you were very frustrated with Marcus Smart right there were times when you said oh why did he take that dumb shot or when you said oh why did he cough the ball up why did he make that dumb pass Granted, those situations were becoming fewer and far between as he progressed and matured as a player. But he also, you know, got you a lot of charges, but he took a lot of flops too. There were times when I would watch that and I would say, come on, Marcus. So I think that he was a player who did a lot of great things for this team. But I also think that those things can be replaced by other players they have on the roster. Now, I know it sounds funny to say that when, you know, just a few years ago he was the defensive player of the year, 
But I think you have a lot. You have a, a, a log jam in the guard positions with guys that deserve playing time and that can do Marcus Smart things. Maybe not. Maybe not one guy who does all of it, but a rotation of those guys can certainly make up those differences. He wasn't a true point guard. He wasn't running the offense. Tatum and Brown brought the ball up most of the time. So you can you could really see how he might be expendable. Still a very good player. Very thankful for his years in Boston. And, and certainly, you know, wish him no ill will. But this is a chance to upgrade the team. This is what a, a trade is all about. A chance to say... There were things that we were doing offensively, especially in the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference Finals, that weren't working. And we need somebody who can help with that offense. So, again, Marcus Smart leaving Boston. Also leaving Boston, Mike Muscala. That's all right. You weren't really using him all that much. Uh... Gallinari's going too, so he's never actually going to get to step foot on the court for the Celtics because he was injured last year. Uh, and also, they're going to be giving up the 35th pick in Thursday's draft. The Celtics will also get... This is pretty pretty interesting here. The Celtics will also get the 2023 and 2024 first-round picks from the Grizzlies. They'll have the 25th pick in Thursday's draft. And they'll have the 20, they'll have in 2024, they'll have the pick that Memphis received from the Golden State Warriors. So that probably won't be a, a, a really great pick, but that's okay. The Celtics have made some good moves late in the first round. So there's a lot of pieces involved in this. And now, you know, this seems to be, if Woj is reporting it, it's, it's probably a done deal. I mean, he's the best in the business. I would have been happier to see Brogdon go in trade for Porzingis because I felt like that was a role as, as great as he was in sixth man of the year. That's a role that Porzingis can fill. He can give you the same offense that Brogdon was giving you, if not more. So, to me, that was uh, probably the most expendable player on the roster. And I know that NBA salaries have changed from the time that I was covering the NBA. I spent a, I spent a decade covering the Celtics in the NBA. And I was there the night they won the championship in 2008. I was in the locker room as they were celebrating. It's one of my most treasured memories, professionally, personally, any any memory. I have champagne corks and confetti that I took home with me. And I would say that the NBA has changed, so I know players are getting paid more than they were, you know, back in those days. But I still think Brogdon having a $22.5 million contract for what he gives the team... I was like, yeah, let that guy go. Bring in Porzingis. So, uh, I mean, I would have preferred that deal, but I understand the Clippers' concerns about his injury problems, and I think that that's going to make it hard to move him 
at all if that's still the plan because he picked up his option. So if we just look at it on the surface, this is a huge upgrade for the Celtics, certainly offensively. We'll see how it shakes out defensively. But I think they'll be fine in that regard. Because the Celtics are looking at this now as, I know it sounds weird because the team is pretty young, but the window is dwindling. Because when you have superstar players, superstar players start to get frustrated when they enter their prime and they feel like their team doesn't have what it takes to get over the hump. How much longer do Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum want to be also Rams? You know, getting to the to the conference finals a couple of times, getting to the NBA finals once, that's not going to be enough for them. But this shows that the team is Brad Stevens and ownership is willing to make the major moves to get it done. And I that was something that I thought had been missing since Danny Ainge had left. You know, did they have did they have the guts to make that kind of a trade? And I guess Brad Stevens does. I still remember finding out about the Antoine Walker trade and cursing Danny Ainge's name. Like, this, this, this Danny Ainge, you're going to be fired in six months. This is the worst thing you ever could have done. And it, it worked out okay. It didn't, it didn't deliver like they thought that it would. I certainly didn't think that it made the Celtics contenders at all. I think they probably could have done better if Walker stuck around, and they did bring him back. But it was still a bold move for Ainge to make. Just a few months into his tenure as as the guy running the team, I think. But then, of course, 2007, getting Ray Allen, getting Kevin Garnett, giving up. Who a guy we thought was going to be a superstar and Al Jefferson turned out not to be right. I never would have thought Kendrick Perkins would have had the better NBA career than Al Jefferson. Nothing against Perk. I love Perk. But I just never would have thought that, you know, I thought Jefferson was destined for greatness. And not so much. When you look back and you think about some of the moves that were made and how they paid off Later on, you say, all right, I, I, I guess I got to wait and see how this plays out. I don't think we have to wait and see how this one plays out. I think we're going to see a much improved offensive performance from a, a team that was already very good offensively, but just had a tendency to not get it done when it counted. And why did they not get it done when it counted? Because they didn't have a seven foot three guy that could score the ball while they're out there chucking threes. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Still wish Gallinari had had a a run with the Celtics. That would have been fun. But I understand, you know, why come back if you you were healthy toward the end of the season. You don't want to throw a guy in the mix as the playoffs are starting. Still, would have been nice to have seen. 508-996-0500 if you want to offer any commentary on that. Uh, We can go back to that story I mentioned about the 32-year-old who enrolled herself in three different high schools in Boston over the course of the last school year. Three different high schools. And she would not have gotten caught, I don't think, if not for the fact that 
eyebrows were raised when she had someone. I guess this is what happened. She had someone come in and pretend to be her father and say he was pulling her out of school. And then they started looking into her paperwork, and that's when things kind of got fishy. But she was going to school, three different schools every day, as if she was a student. And 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 for what purpose? As I said, you know, there was early reporting with her father saying she needed mental health help. Some people are wondering, I'm sure, did she have nefarious intentions? I don't know that you do if you're going to school every day. I don't think she was getting into school to try to you know, sexually assault any students or, you know, have, um, you know, get them hooked on drugs or anything like that. It doesn't seem like she, she was trying to do anything bad to the students. But again, we don't really know because the schools haven't told us about any track record she had when she was in those schools. And you'll get these stories soon enough. Don't worry. You're going to get the classmates coming forward. You're going to get the teachers coming forward. I think that right now the schools and the school system is probably telling the teachers, do not comment on this. Do not comment publicly, but it's the end of the school year now. Some of those teachers might not be returning. Or just might not care. Or might not be in communication with the school because it's the end of the year and say, you know, Channel 5 reaches out, sure, I'll talk about it. We're going to hear something, one way or the other. And I want to know, what was what was her demeanor? What was her classroom performance like? I know it doesn't really matter, right? But I'm fascinated by this story. I'm fascinated by the fact that a 32-year-old woman went to high school and nobody thought it was weird. I mentioned 21 Jump Street. When you watch that show in the 80s when it first came out, it was kind of believable that these 20-something-year-old cops could go undercover in a high school because those other students in the high school were played by 20-something-year-old actors. So it didn't really throw it off that much in terms of, wow, Johnny Depp and Peter DeLuise and Holly Robinson and Dustin Wynn, they all they, they look way older than high school kids. Well, not when the rest of the high school kids are the same age or older. There was one guy I saw who was playing a character and he was 30 when he was playing a high school kid. And the whole baby face cops thing I never got either because they didn't look baby face to me, but whatever. I could suspend belief because it was a TV show. It was fictional. I don't know that you can suspend that same belief. I know a lot of 32-year-olds who look much younger than they are, but I don't know that I would say that they look like they could be in high school. But then again, I don't know, if I shave my beard off and if my hair wasn't starting to turn gray, people tell me I look like I'm really young too. I, I don't I don't see it, but other people tell me that. 508-996-0500. Let's take a break. We'll be back in a few moments. And back to telling you about now is the time to get the important work done around your house. I'm going to keep harping on this because it, you don't want to be waiting until the fall or even into the winter to start 
upgrading your roof, your windows, your entryway doors. You don't want to be waiting around till when everybody else is trying to get all this work done in time before the cold weather comes. Do it now. Do it now for two reasons. One, because you want to get it done ahead of everybody else trying to get it done. But also, two, you don't want to let all that cold air out of the house this summer that you'll be pumping out of your air conditioners. You know how much it costs to run those things all summer long. So why not make sure your house is as efficient as, as, as efficient as it can be to make sure that cold air is staying in and none of that warm air is creeping in? That means maybe you're getting all your windows replaced. Maybe you need to have new windows because they're leaky, they're drafty. Maybe you need new entryway doors for the same reason. Maybe you need a new roof because it's all going out the top. Maybe you've got cold air going out, warm air coming in, and also moisture coming in as well. You can see those wet spots starting to form on the ceiling. You know there's something wrong with the roof. You look on the outside, you see the the missing tiles, you see the fading, you see the chipping away of some of those tiles. You know it's time to get work done on the roof. Don't wait around. Don't waste time. Call Precision Window and Kitchen. They are the best. They've been doing it for about 30 years. No job too big, no job too small. They make a lot of the materials and the, and the uh, different types of materials that they use. They're all right there for you to check out for yourself in their showroom so you know what they're going to be putting on your roof. You know what they're going to be putting in your home. You can see it. You can hold it. They can point out to you why they use the quality products that they do. Head on down to 1111 on Cushnett Avenue. You can talk with the gang down there. They will show you those materials. They will tell you all about the process. They gave me a tour of the whole workshop area. I got to see them working on making cabinets and windows and other things there. And you can go down there and talk to them, and you will feel so much better about this process. But if you're not ready to go down there and start the process, you want to just find out a little bit more, maybe you want to get a free estimate, just go to precisionwindowandkitchen.com. That's precisionwindowandkitchen.com. Let's head into the newsroom now with Adam Bass. A Moscow court is denying Wall Street Journal reporter Evan Gershkovich's appeal of his pretrial detention. Russia accuses the correspondent in the journal's Moscow bureau of collecting state secrets about the military. He was arrested back in March. Judges have extended his pretrial detention twice, including last month when it was extended until August 30th. His appeal was denied during a hearing earlier today. President Joe Biden has called Gershkovich's arrest and detention totally illegal, and the State Department says the journalist is being wrongly detained. House Republicans have voted to censure Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff for investigating alleged collusion between Russia and the Trump campaign. Wednesday's vote was 213 to 209, with all Democrats voting against it. The GOP tried to advance a similar censure last week, but 20 Republicans voted with Democrats to block the move, objecting to language that could have resulted in a $16 million fine for Schiff. New York City's Rent Guidelines Board is approving rent hikes on rent-stabilized apartments. The board voted last night for rents on one-year leases to go up by 3% and on two-year leases by more than 5% over the two years. It's disappointing that there's been any increase whatsoever. I'm sad. There really needs to be a rollback. There really needs to be zero. This is the second year of increases. It is actually a little gentler than increases that were predicted. Landlords say they need to boost 
it boosts rents because of inflation and energy costs. Mayor Eric Adams, in a statement, balanced the needs of tenants and owners and said what really is needed is more housing overall. Nearly a 100 people are injured after being pounded with golf ball-sized hail at an outdoor concert in Colorado. Officials say fans were gathering in the stands at the Red Rocks Amphitheater near Denver Wednesday night to hear pop star Louis Tomlinson when a severe storm rolled in and began pelting them with hailstones. Rescue officials say seven people were taken to area hospitals with broken bones and lacerations, and over 80 others were treated on the scene. Video of the incident shows fans screaming and running for shelter as hailstones rained down on them. The Biden administration is making it easier for skilled workers from India to live and work in the United States. According to Reuters, people familiar with the move say the administration is using Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi's visit this week as a backdrop for the announcement. The State Department could announce as soon as today that a small number of Indians and other foreign workers with H-1B visas will be able to renew them without having to leave the U.S., is part of the pilot program that could be expanded in the coming years. And Fairfax County Police in Virginia will start to use a less lethal weapon, Sarah Bartlett explains. The police department has replaced 800 shotguns with 630 beanbag shotguns. In a press release, the department says these less lethal weapons are similar in weight, size, and appearance to the original patrol shotgun, but they also have different coloring and, of course, use a beanbag projectile. All officers were required to go through training training with the new guns and were also taught the appropriate targeted areas for deployment in an effort to stop major injuries. I'm Sarah Bartlett. In sports, the Red Sox winning streak came to an end last night as they lost to the Minnesota Twins 5-4. to The four-game series wraps up today with a game at 1.10 p.m. in Minneapolis. And now here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Well, some unsettled weather patterns have arrived. It's going to take a while for this to get on out of here. So expect scatter showers over the next couple of days. So for today, grab the umbrella, keep it handy. Our rain chances start to increase as we head through the day today. Scattered showers around the area, high of 66 overnight tonight. More scattered showers, 59 degrees for tomorrow. Guess what? You've guessed it. Scattered showers for tomorrow, high of 70 degrees. From the ABC 6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on the New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. It is currently 60 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Because it's the Verve's Bittersweet Symphony, but they sampled the Rolling Stones the last time from a, the orchestral Rolling Stones album. 
and they didn't get permission to use the sample. They took it and they put it in the song, and I guess the Rolling Stones ended up suing them and getting the royalties from that song, the publishing royalties from that song, because they used the last time without permission. But then they ended up working it all out eventually years later, and now the Verve and Richard Ashcroft, they actually get, that was his name, right? Now they get the the money for uh, the residuals from that song. But for a while, it was going to the Rolling Stones, who then got themselves into a similar situation, but they were preemptive about it when they recorded Has Anybody Seen My Baby for their Bridges to Babylon album, which I think was 97, 98, 97 or 98, 98, I think. And then when they put that song out, the chorus sounded way too much like Katie Lang's Constant Craving, and somebody pointed it out, so they gave her a songwriting credit on it anyway, just to be safe. Because it would have been super hypocritical <laughs> for them to have taken the Verve's money and not offer the same thing for Katie Lang. But it all worked out for everybody in the end. So we were talking about that story about the 32-year-old woman who went and enrolled herself in three different Boston high schools over the course of the last school year. And uh, and Dave in New Bedford sent in an app chat message saying Cameron Crow enrolled in high school in his 20s to do research for Fast Times at Ridgemont High, a pretty good movie. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think I read the book myself when I was in high school. I seem to recall reading it. But I remember reading about it where Cameron Crow had said he had gone into it with a certain idea of how he was going to write the book. And it was going to be kind of like more of a... Um, a condescending look at, at, at the high schoolers, you know, kind of like looking at all the cliques and all the different things that go on in high school and kind of, you know, writing it anthropologically, sociologically. But that when he went undercover to experience all of this, he started making friends with the kids and he started to realize, you know, despite the difference of these different cliques, a lot of the kids still too, can get along. And, you know, and he was able to really write what was a more accurate portrayal of teenagers of the time. But yeah, he did. He was he was only five years out of high school though when he did it. So he was what twenty three, maybe. Actually, I don't know. I would have to check and see how old he was when he graduated. He might have graduated early because obviously he was very smart. He was on the road already writing for Rolling Stone. He also might have graduated late because he was already on the road writing for Rolling Stone. So if you're familiar with the movie Almost Famous. You know, the kid journalist in that is based on Cameron Crowe. He was writing as a teenager for Rolling Stone. But I forget exactly which way it went. So let's, But let's just say he was 23, 24 when he went undercover. That's a big difference from being 32. Now, a 32-year-old woman might look younger than a, a 23-year-old man. That's entirely possible, too. But I'm sure there were some people who thought something was up. I wonder if those kids actually thought they were getting jump-streeted. Because, you know, the movies came out about 10 years ago. So maybe maybe high school kids have seen the movies at least. They probably don't know the show. They don't get why that scene when the DEA, DEA agents come in is uh, such a cool scene for fans of the original series. Like, what? who are those guys? What's a, what's a Hanson? What's a Penhall? Anyway, 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and get involved in the discussion, of course, we started off the program talking about the fact that those Title V changes to your septic system 
especially those of you who live in Dartmouth and have a septic system, there was a lot of concern about these, what a lot of people feel are unnecessary upgrades to their septic systems, that they're being told they need to put in these these nitrogen mitigators because of the nitrogen pollution that's happening in Buzzards Bay and that we're concerned about rising nitrogen levels. So obviously it must be coming from the septic systems. So you have to go and put a $50,000 additional piece of equipment into your septic system. And folks were worried about how are they going to afford that? They don't have $50,000 they can just take out to buy it. They're already maybe still paying their mortgage. They don't want to borrow against their house. They don't want to have to get a reverse mortgage. And the state wasn't saying, well, we'll help you out. We'll pay for it and you can slowly pay us back or we'll give you tax credits for doing it. There was no word from the state about any kind of help. And so Chris Michaud, the Dartmouth health agent, uh, Senator Montigny, Representative Markey, they started working together to push back on these regulations. And it was announced yesterday that the South Coast will not have to follow these regulations, these changes, that it will only affect Cape Cod. It will not affect the South Coast, and in particular Dartmouth. Dartmouth and Westport were two where kids were really... um, really having issues, really concerned, really, you know, I don't mean to categorize people, but homeowners on the Cape, so some of them, especially in the areas along the ocean, where they're really concerned about this, some of them might have $50,000 in the bank or can open up a $50,000 line of credit to pay for this. Some of the folks in Dartmouth, Westport and other coastal communities here on the South Coast, it's probably more of a struggle for them to do so. So thankfully that will not be affecting the South Coast. And uh, we'll have more discussion about that as well. Also, another big story, check out newbedfordlight.org. That is the website for the New Bedford Light. Anastasia Lennon has a big article about a New Bedford police sergeant who has been accused multiple times by coworkers of inappropriate comments, of making them feel uncomfortable because of some of his comments. There's, they lay it all out in the story. Now, some in some cases, they are talking to anonymous sources, but they lay all out the feelings of inappropriate, the the, the uncomfortable feelings with the inappropriate behavior of supervising Sergeant Samuel Ortega. And the light was trying to obtain documents from the city. As we talked about with Jack Spillane, the city was taking their money but not giving them the documents. And eventually the light was able to get a 221-page report detailing the allegations against Sergeant Ortega. And the only punishment, the only discipline it seems like he got for these complaints was having to retake the same sexual harassment training that all city employees are required to take and that you've probably taken yourself at your job if you work in a corporate environment. 508-996-0500, you're on WBSM. Yeah, you're talking about um, five, chapter five. Uh, yeah, the title five, yep. Excuse me, title five, yeah. I know uh, we went through this in time. 
oh, perhaps more than 10 years ago. It was very serious because new lines were being put in, etc. It wasn't about nitrogen, however, but it's the same idea of the cost. People which were blindsided by the expense. At that time, there was proposals made. I was wondering if the, uh, there was a proposal made maybe by the governor to petition some of the money from the government for going green. I mean, this is a lot to do with going green. You know, you're talking about environment, you're talking about safety for everyone, and it's very serious stuff, and it's expensive. I, I'm just wondering if there would be something where you could uh, get it done as a mandated upgrade because there's federal money pinned to it coming through the state. Um, to me, it seems reasonable. Yeah, I think... we are low. We are low land. We're almost sea level around here, and any kind of backup creates this problem. I mean, this case is in, in here in town. What I do is uh, Indian Meadows built a wonderful, beautiful, one hundred and something unit condominium complex. And the first heavy rains we got, the people on the first couple of levels uh, were getting backup in their tubs over the toilets. And uh, it was very dangerous, uh, especially if you have existing conditions uh, with like dermatology problems. Sure. And I'm just wondering if, if they're just going to let it go away and people say, oh, we'll get off the hook for the money. That's not the answer. The answer is safety. No, no, that's... that's I, I think that we should be getting a portion of the green... And that's it. You want them, you want them to make these changes. It's such an important thing. You've got to help find a way to to make them fund it, even if it's a, a no interest loan from the state to to try to help out. At least do something to make it so that's that you're not putting idea. this this bot. You're putting a burden on people at a time when everything else is costing more money. So that's All right. right, and it's something that can't be ignored. And I think you're right. A structured uh, no interest payback uh, situation. A lot of people might say, "Let's do it now," and. Yep. Uh, What's good for, what's good um, about it, it just improves everything. And actually, I think it greatly in, increase your estate, your property, even if you're a landlord. Yeah, I think I think it's a good idea to have uh, you know to have something. Maybe you know yeah, people can afford it on their own. Not every landlord has a three decker. Some of the, some landlords have a home that and, uh, this is very important stuff. And some people have it in the bank, and some people would rather just get it taken care of now and and do it and and move on. But yeah, a lot of people don't. So I think you know not everybody's going to take advantage of the option of a loan. So it's not like you got to do it for everybody. But I think it would be a nice if thing I heard to offer. You correctly, the number was being put out is fifty thousand, but could be higher. It could be. They don't really know because I what Chris Misha was telling us is. Yeah, reverse mortgage for something like this, it is so important to all of us. The government is here to be protected, provide safety. And and that's that's what the... That's what the people who were on this panel that made this decision were telling folks that were complaining in these public meetings, not telling them, by the way, that they were part of this panel that made this decision, but they're just telling them, oh, well, you can go get a reverse mortgage. Like, just the cavalier attitude they had toward it is, is yeah. maddening. And as a public servant or someone who's invested their lives into a career, just to help and you know, prevention was that one ounce is worth a pound of cure. This is a great example of it, and this involves all of us. I mean, uh, th- this is serious stuff, and it's and it's expensive uh, to uh, a working structured family. It's it's expensive to anyone. Uh, Fifty thousand dollars. What are we talking? Like a brand new SUV paid for? Yeah, you can't do that. Right. Everything goes on a time payment. I think yeah, it was a great idea. Well, interest free, well. structured payback. 
We'll see and if they do way, it. that way, as the house grows in value and all this and you're covering your bills, you have the safety of knowing that at any time you can sell the home because hygienically, it is right on. Sure. I got to hold you there just because I'm up against a break. Well, but thank, thank you for the call. Thank you for the information. You have a good day. Thanks. And uh, we do have to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. And joining us now on the line for Your Health Matters, we're going to be talking with Dr. Christopher Skian. He's an orthopedic surgeon at South Coast Health. Good morning, doctor. How are you? Hey, good morning. And um, I want to talk to you about not only what you do, but also what the robots do as well. We've we've got only a few minutes here left in the hour, but let's try and get to as much of it as we can. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and the work that you do at South Coast Health. So my name is Dr. Christopher Skian, and I'm a hip and knee adult reconstruction surgeon. Basically, I do hip and knee replacements. Um, I did my training at, uh, I'm an undergraduate at University of Rochester Medical School at New York Medical College, and then did my residency in the Navy at Naval Medical Center Portsmouth, was a Navy surgeon for five years, and then went back to fellowship at NYU uh, Langone Orthopedic Hospital in New York City for a fellowship in adult reconstruction, and now I'm here at South Coast doing hip and knee replacements as well as redo hip and knee replacements, revision hip and knee replacements. Well, you say redo. Is that because the 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 they weren't done correctly the first time, or is that because they, they wear down over time and need to be replaced? Uh, both. Both. Sometimes patients come in, they're unhappy with how their first one went um, by somebody else, or they fell and broke their the bone around the implant, or it's worn out, or it got infected. So it could be a number of reasons. So if, if people are feeling pain, especially hip pain, you know, I think that that's something that I hear a lot of people complaining about. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a person who's older either. It could be a person who's just done damage to their hip. Is is that something that you're hearing? Is that something that's very common these days? Even people that are even younger are having hip issues? Yeah, actually, your average age for a hip replacement patient somewhere in their early to mid-50s in our patient population, while in your replacements in their early to mid-60s. Um, and so the reason being is multifactorial. You know, there's a lot of pediatric hip problems that go undiagnosed and you end up seeing it when they're an adult when they have arthritis of the hip or the hip's worn out. There's <clears throat> hip injuries, athletic injuries that also go unnoticed in your 20s and 30s, and that predisposes you to arthritis. And then there's other unique conditions to the hip, like something called avascular necrosis, where there's loss of blood flow to the head of the, the, the femur, the, the, the ball and the ball and socket, which is just unique to the anatomy of the hip, um, which can cause um, uh, the hip to wear out exceptionally fast and at a much younger age. And, um, and then there's just patients who are predisposed to having arthritis. So for whatever the reason, there is a lot of younger patients having hip arthritis. And like I said, in our patient population, when we ran the numbers, it was almost about 10 years younger on average than patients with knee arthritis. Wow. So are there ways that people can treat those kind of things without having to have surgery? Yeah, the problem is uh, once you have arthritis, the cat's kind of out of the bag. Um, there's no way to put it back on. Uh, arthritis is the absence of something, the loss of cartilage. And so there's a lot of, um, I, for lack of a better term, modern snake oil out there saying that, you know, we can regrow your cartilage. You don't have to have surgery. And you know, a lot of that stuff is red flags for me are like, well, do you take insurance? No. Do you need cash up front? Yes. And, you know, when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, oh, it's, it's a little fishy. But, um, uh, you know, preventing hip arthritis, besides those pediatric conditions or athletic injuries or just, or in the case of avascular necrosis, there's a lot of reasons why you can have it. Um, those are hard to prevent. Um, but things like just taking care of yourself, keeping your weight down, 
focusing on exercises that are predominantly low impact, like cycling, swimming, that kind of stuff, um, and building up muscle around the hip joint to support the hip. You know, that kind of stuff um, helps preserve the hip joint um, versus, you know, abusing your joint, you know, playing a lot of contact sports um, and, uh, you know, injuring the hip athletically or just, you know, allowing yourself to gain a lot of weight and that just puts more stress across the joint. Because the cartilage in the joint, it's the same thickness if you're, you know, five and a half feet tall or six and a half feet tall. It's the same thickness if you weigh 150 pounds or 350 pounds. So, you know, that, that wears out over time. And unfortunately, I'm a little bit short on time uh, here at the end of the hour, so we may have to have you come back on to talk more about some robotic surgery options. But if people do want to look into this and, and maybe have uh, treatment for the pain or have to go through the, the replacement process, how can they reach out? They can call uh, our office, um, and uh, our appointment line number is um, 508-973-2211. We do um, semi-monthly seminars online um, going over hip and knee pain. Um, and arthritis and the treatment of those things. And just, you know, quickly, that you had mentioned about the robot. The, you know, the robotic surgery is, is really just a tool. It's a hip replacement, like any hip replacement. But um, the, the robot just provides a more precise tool. The robot's not doing the surgery. That's the number one question I get, is a robot doing the surgery? No, the, the, I'm doing the surgery, but the robot is just a very, very precise tool to help me place the implants within a couple degrees or a couple millimeters of my target versus manual techniques where you're really just eyeballing it and um, you know your 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 variance is around five, sometimes up to ten millimeters. So, all right. Well, that that makes me feel better that robots aren't taking over the world completely yet. <laughs> Not yet. But we're, we're 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 right now. We just have to live with them. So yeah. we can always perform surgery on them and pull the plug. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Doctor Skeen, for joining us, and uh, and we always appreciate when you can come on and share great information with us. Hey, thanks. Take care. You as well. Uh, that is Dr. Christopher Skian of South Coast Health. Your health matters. We do it here each month on the program so that you can learn more about how to keep yourself healthy and how to fix yourself if you're maybe not so healthy. All right. I got to take my final break of the hour. We'll be back in just a few moments. One.